0: Love Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another exciting as ever edition of TaylorMade Sports. I'm Kevin Taylor. Great to be with you. Merry Christmas, season's greetings to you and yours. As we record this program on Wednesday, December 23rd, it is so great to be with you as we get to the crunch of the Christmas season. Hopefully you have already gotten your Christmas gift or you've gotten someone else that you are wanting to share Christmas with. You've gotten their gift as well. So hopefully, you know, everything is worked out so that you can be able to do that. But just in case you may not have anything under your tree, just know that, of course, Jesus is the reason for the season and his love will continue to be an abundant blessing to you continually as we Uh, in this year and go into the next. So Merry Christmas to you and yours. All right, on this particular program, what we're going to do is we're going to recap the AutoNation Cure Bowl that Georgia State, unfortunately, they lost to San Jose State uh, last Saturday down in Orlando, but uh, we're going to recap that. And also, I just want to take this opportunity to say congratulations, even though Georgia State finished with a sub-500 record. Congratulations to Trent Miles, his staff, and players, because no one thought they were going to get this far, and they did. So that's quite an accomplishment, so congratulations to them. We'll recap the automation Cure Bowl, also the Celebration Bowl. 1.89 viewers tuned in last Saturday on ABC to see Alcorn State take on North Carolina A&T at the Georgia Dome here in Atlanta, and it was a great time at the Georgia Dome. I was there, and uh, great to see so many people having a great time from Mississippi, North Carolina, and also parts um, in the same areas as well. Um, you know, it, it was just a festive time, and I think the organizers and the committee for the celebration both did an excellent job, and it was a great game. Alcorn State started out slow, but they made a game of it toward the end, so we're going to recap that, and also you'll hear my post-game comments that I was able to get after the game as well. Also, you'll uh, you know have a preview of this Sunday's important game in the NFC South between the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. The Carolina Panthers come to town this coming Sunday to take on the Falcons at one o'clock, and we'll preview that game. And uh, a lot is actually riding on this game, and I'll be able to tell you that in just a few minutes. Also, we'll discuss the Atlanta Hawks as they have won four straight. So, congratulations, glad to them. But they're actually playing tonight as we record this program against Detroit at Phillips Arena here in Atlanta. Also, you'll hear my one-on-one interviews with Miami Heat guard Dwayne Wade and me at Commissioner Dennis Thomas. So, it's all on the way right here on this edition of TaylorMade Sports with Kevin Taylor. Don't forget, you can reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Again, Kevin Taylor 98 Again, Kevin Taylor. 98 It would be great to hear from you. And, of course, if you have any questions that you would like to ask, definitely reach out to me. It would be great to hear from you anytime. All right, well, let's get it started. Like I said, we're going to recap the Auto Nation Cure Bowl as a late rally fell short and Georgia State fell to San Jose State 27-16 to 16 in the inaugural Auto Nation Cure Bowl last Saturday night. In just their sixth year of football, the Panthers were making their first bowl appearance in school history. Sun Belt Player of the Year Nick Arbuckle was held to just 14 of 29 passing, but 208 yards and two touchdowns. But he still finished the season with a Sun Belt Conference single season record of, get this, 4,368 yards. Congratulations to Nick Arbuckle on that accomplishment. Georgia State they fell to six and seven on the season, and uh, they saw their four game winning streak snapped at the hands of the Spartans of San Jose State. And San Jose State improved to six and seven. On the season. Now, Coach Miles said after the game, Well, my hat's off to San Jose State. They did an excellent job defensively, stopping us from rushing the ball and throwing the ball. Moving the ball, we were unable to convert on third downs. We were one of ten on third down conversions. They killed us with the time of possession, and they did an excellent job of getting us off the field offensively. And then at the end, they did what they needed to do to move the ball and score and make it and, and make it the situation where we didn't have enough time to come back. So my hats off to them, and I'm very proud of our team. And, Coach Miles, you should be very proud of them because, like I said, no one, especially after that Liberty game, expected them to even make it this far. But they got it together. They, they had resolve. They would not give up. They would not give in. And, man, they made it to postseason. So we still have to say congratulations to the Georgia State Panthers. Uh, San Jose State by the way, their running back Tyler Urban ran for 132 yards on 30 carries and had an 85-yard punt return for a touchdown in the first half. Now, trailing 10-0 in the second quarter, Georgia State got on the board with a five-play 87-yard drive after Arbuckle opened the drive with a 20-yard completion to freshman tight end Ari Wirtz. A 29-yard pass to Wirtz gave the Panthers a first down at the San Jose State 38. And on the next play, Arbuckle found Harden down the right sideline for a 38-yard TD. Now that pulled Georgia State to within 10-7 with seven minutes left in the first half. Now that play, Arbuckle surpassed the Sun Belt season record for passing yards, and that was formerly held by Troy's Levi Brown, and that mark was 4,254 yards in 2009. Now Coach Miles, when he was asked uh, what he remember what, what he remember most about this season, he said, "I'm going to remember a bunch of guys that pulled together to take a team that's playing FBS football for three years." and got themselves from 2-6 and six to a bowl game. That showed a team that would never quit, never give up on each other, believed in what was going on, a great group of guys that are still young. That is correct. So congratulations go out to the Georgia State Panthers. Even though they came up short in the automation Cure Bowl, they still had a great season nonetheless. And congratulations also goes out to Georgia State again as they actually won the bid for the land of Turner Field, home of the Braves, for one more season And so the plans are that Georgia State will convert uh, that site into a football stadium. So congratulations go out to them, and also I think they're going to have some uh, residential housing on the same uh, property as well. But uh, Georgia State, they're doing some great things in the downtown area here in Atlanta, and uh, just uh, winning that bid for the site or the land of Turner Field makes it even better because you went from the Olympic Stadium to Turner Field, now Georgia State will have their home stadium on that site in a few years, so uh, everything is growing for Georgia State, and uh, great to see, great to see that uh, within the Atlanta area. All right, it's Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for being a part of the program. Now, moving on to the Celebration Bowl. Now, North Carolina A&T they are the champions, and check this out: North Carolina A&T are not only the Celebration Bowl champions, but they're the Black College National Champions. They finished the season at 10-2. Also, they're back-to-back MEAC champions, and 10 all-MEAC performers were on this year's team. So congratulations go out to the Aggies of North Carolina A&T. And in spite of a valiant effort in which the Alcorn State University Braves overcame a 14-point deficit in the second half, the North Carolina a Aggies were able to defeat the Braves 41-34 in the inaugural Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl right here in Atlanta the Aggies struck first on a 74-yard punt return by Chris Garden that put them up 7-0. The Braves would respond quickly when Anthony Williams, Jr. took in an 84-yard punt return to put the Braves on the board. Now, a few possessions later, Tariq Cohen. We'll get back to him in, in a second about his major accomplishments, but he went through the Braves' defense for a 74-yard sprint to the end zone, putting the Aggies up 14-6 in the first quarter. Cohen would score another touchdown on an 83-yard scapper to add to their lead. Now, in the second quarter, Corey Jones scored on a 45-yard field goal and uh, went through the goalpost and gave the Aggies a 24-6 lead. Later in the quarter, Williams intersected a Cal uh, Carter pass and um, returned it 23 yards, which led to a 10-yard Linares footman touchdown pass to Aaron Baker to make the score 24-13 going into the second half. Now, after another successful Aggies field goal attempt for 43 yards at the beginning of the third quarter, the Braves would score on a nine-yard pass that actually was, you know, a a little bit of, you know, if you will, you know, catching the Aggies off guard. (laughs) Uh, It was uh, to let George to footman to decrease the Aggies' lead to seven. Now, the Braves' special teams later scored ended a uh, pretty decent Aggies' drive when Warren Gatewood blocked the field goal attempt that was scooped up by Williams and returned to the Alcorn Alcorn State Braves' 35-yard line. Now, the Braves would carry their momentum into the fourth quarter as Footman's 11-yard touchdown pass to George tied the game at 27. Now, the Aggies were able to retake the lead after Kashawn Quick was able to score on a quarterback keeper from the one-yard line. But the Braves would get creative again on a fake field goal attempt that resulted in a three-yard touchdown pass from Brandon Vessel to Brandon Campbell—a B and B connection—to tie the game at 34. The Aggies would immediately break the tie when Cohen rushed for another 74-yard touchdown to put them back on top. Now, uh, despite you know a good a good drive by the Braves at the end of the game, they were unable to tie it in the remaining seconds and lose 41-34. to Now, check this out on the Alcorn State side. Alcorn State won the previous meeting versus North Carolina ENT, a 16-13 victory in 2004. Now, this is the same team that started the season right here in Atlanta. They had not lost a road neutral site game since the opening week of the season. They lost at Bobby Dye Stadium to Georgia Tech on September 3rd, and that score was 69-6. to this was clearly not the same team. core State's only three setbacks against FCS opponents were by a combined 14 points this season, 35-24 to Grambling State, 40-34 to Prairie View A&M, and last Saturday's 41-34 game against North Carolina A&T. Let's head into the postgame comments now as Rod Broadway, the head coach of North Carolina A&T, you know, he was excited for his players. You know, these his guys, they won the game. And, you know, he was just very excited to be in the Celebration Bowl. And let's start with him as he gives comments about what he thought about the game and the Celebration Bowl.
1: What a great experience uh, this week for our players. Uh, I thought it was a beautiful bowl game. I've been blessed to have an opportunity to play in some and coaching some previous bowl games. And I thought... The people here that a magnificent job in the organization planning for this bowl game and i couldn't be proud to be a part of this thing as far as the game you saw two championship football teams out there today and we were fortunate enough to win the game a little disappointed in that we gave up way too many points 260 yards and the amount of points that they got didn't match up we had 543 yards so the points production, you know, we gave them a couple of easy ones there on the um, interception down there, the kickoff, uh, punt return, and then we gave them field position a couple of times. But so I thought our guys fought, hung in there, and won the ball game. But, yeah, I can't say enough about all going, You know, they hung in there, too, and they fought, and they didn't quit, and they played for 60 minutes, and uh, luckily we
0: won the game. North Carolina running back Tariq Cohen was the game's MVP as he ran for 295 yards on the day. After the game, I asked him, who were some of the NFL running backs that he watched growing up that he would emulate his style after?
1: I like the shifty running backs, like the uh, the likes of LaShawn McCoy, Jamal Charles, and then I also like the big backs, because I feel like people don't think I can be like a bruising type back, run between the tackles. So I like Adrian Peterson, the LeGarrette Blunts. I like the running backs who run physical.
0: Congratulations, to North Carolina E and T uh, being the 2015 Celebration Bowl champions. Also, after the game, I was able to speak with MIAC Commissioner Dennis Thomas. Commissioner, uh, congratulations on um, being selected as the MIAC Commissioner and welcome to Atlanta. And uh, of course, it's Christmas season You got a big gift today with uh, you know your representative from the MIAC Conference winning the Celebration Bowl, the inaugural Celebration Bowl. How does it feel?
2: It's a it's a great opportunity, and I feel great for all involved. I feel great for the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. I feel great for the SWAT. I feel great for HBCU uh, because this showcase of what we're all about in a very positive manner, and it showcased it on ABC. So the world got the opportunity to see what we've been what we have known for decades. None of the world can see What our product Is all about
0: Now how were you able to bring this type Of event together because you know of course From being an HBCU background And also a um, Media aspect with ESPN as well How are you able to get both entities together To make it a success Well,
2: it, it, First of all people have to see value In your product They have to see value In your product So building relationships with ESPN We've had a relationship with ESPN since 2005 So over the years We've been able to build that relationship And solidify that relationship And get them to believe In this postseason bowl game And they believed it And they They put the full force As I said behind it Of ESPN behind this, And uh, you, could, you could See it across all ESPN
3: Platforms
2: News 2 You Classic When they talked about the bowls They mentioned the Air Force Reserve
0: Celebration Bowl Will kick off the bowl season
2: and We're he, the mainstream of bowling
0: That's right You actually kicked it off yeah. And uh, of course the uh, ABC affiliate here uh, WSB Channel 2 right. They also uh, increased the coverage as well Now the attendance was just under 36,000 fans And of course I'm pretty sure that's where you wanted it to be Well
2: uh, that was our goal. If we got thirty thousand people in here, we thought that uh, that would be uh, successful for the first year. Because actually, that's
0: that's half the dome because the dome holds about seventy-two thousand. Yeah.
2: So we're, we're we're pleased, and I think that's a, a, a tremendous uh, attendance that we can build on for the future. You see, that's going to be important. See, the baseline now has been set. Okay, thirty six thousand folks. Okay, what we're gonna do next year. And so we're gonna keep doing.
0: The sky's the limit, that's for sure. And before we let you go, uh what do you see that you would like to take the MIAC conference from here on out as we go into two thousand
2: sixteen? We wanna get better. We wanna get better. I don't wanna ever lose sight and when I talk about the student athlete, their experiences. These are life Long memorable experiences for them. That they'll be talking to their grandkids, their kids, about this experience. Okay? And, they, and where they got it. All right? In addition to that, the, the other component of it is graduation. Mm-hmm. This is one stepping stone. This is just one stepping stone of your experiences through life mm-hmm. in college. Now, after you do this, you graduate, and you move on to life experiences.
0: Very well said. You want to increase the graduation rate and also be able to put good quality athletes on the field or whatever type of sport they want to be in. Well, Commissioner Thomas, again, congratulations. And uh, we, of course, want to see much more than me at conference coming up, and I know you're going to do a great job. And thanks for taking out the time to be with us on Taylor Bay Sports. Thank you. All right, again, that uh, Celebration Bowl was viewed by 1.89 viewers, according to Nielsen Ratings. And uh, just a great atmosphere all around. Congratulations again. It goes out to North Carolina A&T and their victory this past weekend. It's Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for being a part of the program. And, of course, you can reach out to me anytime at kevintaylor98 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Moving on to the NFL now, the Atlanta Falcons and Julio Jones he set the franchise record for reception in a season last Sunday, and the Falcons ended a six-game losing skid with a 23-17 victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jones was a huge factor as he finished with nine catches for 118 yards in his first TD in seven weeks. Can you believe that? He now has 118 catches on the season, and that broke teammate Roddy White's mark of 115 set in 2010. After the game, Jones said the record means nothing. Nothing. It's just numbers. I go out there to try and help my team win. Roddy has been like a mentor to me. Records are made to be broken. One of these young guys will probably break mine. The Falcons are now seven and seven on the season, and that loss uh, dropped uh, Jacksonville to five and nine on the season. And uh, now the tough test. Comes this Sunday inside the Georgia Dome at one o'clock. You know, it's just unbelievable that the Falcons are now in this type of situation. The undefeated Carolina Panthers and MVP candidate Cam Newton come to town to take on the Falcons. And uh, when the Panthers win, here's what's at stake: If the Panthers win, they will clinch home field throughout the playoffs. Uh, But if the Falcons can put off this huge upset victory that pretty much no one's given them a chance to do, (laughs) and the Giants beat the Vikings on Sunday night football, possibly without Odell Beckham Jr., because that situation with him and Josh Norman just got out of hand on Sunday in their game between the Giants and Panthers. But we're waiting, worried to see if uh, Odell Beckham Jr.'s uh, appeal Uh, has been overturned because he's been suspended for this coming game against Minnesota because of the personal foul penalties and the uh, shot that he tried to take on Norman there during the game. Uh, If his appeal is overturned, then that would give the Giants some type of life. But if not, it's going to be very tough for them to beat the Vikings on Sunday night. I'm not saying it can't be done, but it's just going to be tough. But if the Giants do beat the Vikings on Sunday night football, then the Falcons are one step closer to regaining that sixth playoff spot. So it's not out of the question that the Falcons can make the playoffs. They're going to need some help, and that's a part of the help with the Giants beating the Vikings. So the way the Falcons can make the playoffs pretty much is a three-way tie, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, Falcons running back Devontae Freeman and Julio Jones have been named to the 2016 Pro Bowl roster. Patrick DeMarco and Desmond True Fine have been named as alternates Freeman's first Pro Bowl selection comes in his second year in the league. The running back is he's coming to his own in the Falcons' offense this season with 907 yards rushing, in addition to a league-leading 10 rushing touchdowns. Now, of course, he's from Florida State, and he's the first Falcon running back since Michael Turner in 2010 to be named to the Pro Bowl. In his fifth season with the Falcons, Jones is having his best year. Through 14 games, Jones is uh, he's actually uh, accumulated 118 receptions they ranked first in the NFL and second in receiving yards with 1544. That's 1,044, by the way. The Jones also ranks first in targets and first down reception. So congratulations to them, as you'll see them later on in the season, right before the Super Bowl in the 2015 Pro Bowl. All right, on the way, you'll hear my one-on-one interview with Miami Heat guard Dwayne Wade. But first, let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks. As they have won four straight games, to have a record now of 18 and 12. They have now moved up to first place in the Southeast Division and third in the Eastern Conference. Now, before the winning began, the Hawks were ninth in the conference. So the East is so crowded right now. And the Hawks have, check this out, Detroit at home and the New York Knicks to close out the week on Saturday. So this team basically has an easy, easy, Easy shot at winning six straight. Now, this is before they go on the road to face Indiana, coming up next Tuesday, December 28th, and Houston on the road as well the next night on Wednesday, December 29th. Now, the Hawks are 17th in the league in scoring points with 101, 30th in assists with 25 per game, and 30th in the league in rebounding with 40 per game. So, of course, that's got to improve because I've been to games and they just feel like getting outmanned on the boards, on the offensive and defensive end. Now, the last team the Hawks lost to were the Miami Heat. Now, 16 and 11, the Heat are second in the Southeast Division to the Hawks, and have won four of their had one actually uh, uh, four of the last five games. Going into t- going into Tuesday night's game against Detroit, but they lost at home on a late jumper by Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, of course, from Georgia, who's with the Pistons. And with just under 56 seconds left, that jumper put the Pistons up for good as the Pistons came back from 18 points down to beat the Heat 93 to 92. Wow, in Miami. Chris Bosch scored 20 points, and Wayne Wade scored 19 in the loss. And I recently spoke with Wade about the team and how they've been playing so far this season. Dwayne, what is it going to take for you guys to continue to keep up this intensity on a consistent basis? Um,
3: you know, we just got to understand, you know, what why we win ball games, you know, and we can't come out and spar with teams. We have to come out with that kind of focus, that kind of intensity, to be able to win games. If we come out and spar with a team, we could be beating any night, um, and every night. So, you know, once we start understanding how we win games and why we win games uh, more consistently, we'll play that
0: way. And that, of course, includes coming out from the beginning with an attack mode type of mindset on both ends of the floor. Yeah, well, you have to. I mean, on the road,
3: you have to. Um, And, you know, for us, it was all about coming out and attacking the game defensively. You know, play as we want it.
0: And uh, how have you been vocal with this team, uh, even when you have gone through some adversity within the locker room? Uh,
3: I mean, you know, it's a it's long season, man. And uh, you know, one thing about this team is you know, like we all like each other, so if we all like each other in the locker room. There's no reason for us not to be able to talk each other, get each other through certain things. I mean, we all have moments where um, it's going great, and we all have moments where it's not. Um, and it's our job as a team to help each other through it. You know, no one is going to help us. You know, the opposing crowd, they don't want us to get through it. You know. The coaches don't. It's only the players and the coaches in the Miami Heat uh, locker room and uniform that want us to get through it. So we have to help each other through it. Or, you know, and if we do that, it's even sweeter, you know, when your teammates come and give you a lift. You know, when your teammates come and give you positive reinforcement, that's even sweeter. And just talk about Chris Bosh and what he went through last year and coming back playing at a, a, a good high level right now as well. Yeah, man, it's, you know, obviously, you know, having the blood clots last year and not knowing if he's going to play the game of basketball or ever again, to get the opportunity to do it, I mean, He's just enjoying every moment, you know, and um, the kid, he can play <laughs> yeah. as well. He's one of the best in the world um, at this game. So, um, you know, we're, we're all happy, first of all, that he's healthy. But second of all, we're all happy he's back in a heat
0: uniform and playing the way CB play. And finally, how are you? Because, you know, we know you've got a adversity health-wise. How are you? Because you're back playing with a high level as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to do what I can. You know, every every night I'm not going to make every shot. But, you know, I have my moments. Um, you know, i got I got a responsibility for this team that's the lead team, um, and, you know, whether it's vocally, whether it's through my play, um, no matter what it is, always being able to help lead these guys, so, um, you know, that's what I'm trying to do, you know, don't don't know what it's going to be from one night to the next, but every night my leadership can be 100%. All right,
0: that was my interview with Miami Heat guard Dwayne Wade, who's still playing at a high level this season so the Miami Heat we'll see how they wind up as they go into the uh, middle part of the season and of course the latter part of the season seeing if they can increase or maintain their intensity level right now that they are playing with it's Taylor Bay Sports I'm Kevin Taylor thank you so much for being a part of the show as I always tell you you can reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at again, Kevin Taylor 98 again that's Taylor 98 all right, well, let's check a little UGA news, shall we? You know, they're getting ready for the Texas Slayer Bowl, which was formerly the Gator Bowl. Yeah, you know, all of these corporate names now taking over bowls, seems like. <laughs> but uh, the biggest news, uh, actually, is two things. Um, Thomas Brown, who is the running back coach at Georgia, he's actually going to be joining Mark Richt down in Miami. So uh, he's going to be joining him in Interim head coach Brian McClendon, can you believe this? He's actually leaving, going to South Carolina. So he's going to be a part of uh, Will uh, uh, Muschab's staff. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out because he's also a part of the recruiting aspect. So he was able to bring in some big names, and most notably right now, Nick Chubb. So uh, he, he had a, a very impressive recruiting classification and I'm pretty sure that Will Muschamp is going to just really love that he's going to be a part of his staff coming up. So we'll see how these um developments play out. Uh, Kirby Smart is still trying to get his staff together. Um you know, but he's going to be coaching Alabama. You know, but at, uh, you know, as they as they go into the college football playoffs. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this team responds to Brian McClendon leaving. So, uh, you know, you, you just never know because will he have that same toughness? Will he bring that toughness to the team? Will he bring that tenacity? Will players be like, hey, you know, this guy's leaving, so what are we to do? we just kind of in limbo. I don't think it's going to be like that. I think, you know, you want to go out and play Penn State at a high level, which will be, which will be on Saturday, January 2nd at 12 noon, and you can catch that game on ESPN. But I I just – I don't know. I mean, to, to make this decision now, when you're trying to coach a bowl game, you just don't want it to be a distraction. And so, hopefully, it will not be. But uh, we'll see. Georgia actually put up an impressive win on the basketball court on Tuesday against Clemson, seventy-one to forty-eight. So. Uh, Georgia's doing well. They're now six and three on the season. That loss dropped Clemson to seven and five on the season. And next up for the Bulldogs will be Robert Morris. And uh that game will be at the Stigman Coliseum in Athens on Tuesday, December twenty ninth. So uh Georgia doing very well before conference play begins. So that's always good. Georgia Tech, they're doing well. They won their last game against southeastern Louisiana. Seventy-five, sixty-two, uh and they actually will be taking on Colgate, as we record this program, on December 23rd, so um, they'll be taking them on, uh, Georgia State is 8-3, Colgate comes into this game 4-6, and six, so of course, you know, I've got to go with Georgia Tech in that one. And before we wrap it up, Georgia State, we got to check their basketball schedule and uh, also their team. Uh, Georgia State, they won their their last one, barely getting by Middle Tennessee State. Georgia State won sixty four sixty two, and uh, that actually was on Tuesday. And uh, their next game is on Wednesday, December thirtieth, against UT Arlington. So, um, you know, Georgia State doing very well uh, right now, and uh, we got to you know continue to show our support for them as well. All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of TaylorMade Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for being a part of the program. Merry Christmas to you and your family, and make sure as we go through Christmas and into the new year that you keep up with TaylorMade Sports with Kevin Taylor on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Taylor 98 May God bless you. Have a great week. Merry Christmas. May God bless you. Never be discouraged, always encouraged. I'm out.